morning, Grace. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to finish the series uh, that we started at the beginning of summer, and I've enjoyed this summer series, just walking through the fruit of the Spirit, going through Galatians chapter 5. Now, I'm holding in my hands, uh, I I clipped this uh, from one of my trees yesterday, it was getting out of control. We planted this a couple of years ago. It's just been taken off, and so I I clipped a few of these, these branches. Now, I, I'm not sure how many horticulturists we have uh, here, or I don't even know if I'm using the right term when I talk about, like, if that's, you study trees. But um, here's the thing. If, if you went over to somebody's house and they told you that they had an orchard and, and you're like, oh, that's amazing. Would you like to see it? We've got apple trees. We have cherry trees, peach trees. And you're like, yeah, that'd be great. And if they took you out in the garage and they just had a whole bunch of branches laying there and they said, here's our orchard. Like, like I would go in, if we were invited for dinner and I say, Lori, let's find an excuse to get out of here as soon as possible. These people are morons. I'm just telling you, like, like what we, we know for, we know for a fact that a, a branch that's cut off, it is impossible for there to be any, any fruit. I can't even remember what kind of tree I've got. Uh, I know that it has annoying like crabapple type things, but I'm not, I don't even know if it's crabapples, but I'm just saying this thing is not going to bear fruit if I leave this laying on my garage floor, right? We, we get that, it makes perfect sense. Well, there's been a constant theme as we've been going through this series. In fact, I went through and, and, and looked at all of the different messages that have been preached, whether by myself or, man, we've had Vaughn, Matt, Jason, Edgar, Daniel. There have been a lot of people that have preached through this series, whether it's here at Middleton or in our Spanish-speaking service. And it's so interesting. There has been a constant theme all through the series. In fact, I, I think it's been mentioned every single week. And I, I, want to, I want to end this series by, by just revisiting this. In fact, I'm gonna make my big point this morning. We're gonna break it down and then I, we're gonna close by looking at some practical application when it, when it comes to this. But, but, but the big point is this. Spiritual fruit is only found in the life of a person walking by the Spirit. And you're like, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Exactly. I mean, it makes logical sense. That, that, that adjective, spiritual, spiritual fruit, it's like, yeah, of course, it can only be produced by the Spirit. But my question is, why is it that, that we try so hard and we feel like the responsibility for producing this fruit is on us and not the Spirit? You know, it's, it's Jesus who said, in fact, it goes right here with, with uh illustration about this, this branch. In, in, in John chapter 15, he uses this, this analogy to make sure that, that we understand it when he says in chapter 15, verse four, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. He said, I'm the vine You're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And so so he's using this this term, uh, abide, to, to, 
you know, it means rooted, it means to dwell. Uh, in fact, uh, if you go back to John chapter 14, the chapter before, it's where Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going away, he said, but the Father's sending another one to you, the Holy Spirit. And, and as he's introducing who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit's gonna do, he, he, he uses the same word, he, the word. Uh, he said, the Holy Spirit will dwell in you. It's the same Greek word that's translated dwell in chapter 14, it's translated abide here, same thing. It means to be, to be rooted. So, so like, uh, man, it's hard to believe, it's 18 years that my family moved out to Idaho from Cincinnati. Had a buddy of mine, when we moved, we're, we're loading up and, and he says, three years, three years, you're gonna get out to Idaho, you're gonna hate it, you're gonna be back in Cincinnati in three years. After two weeks of being in Idaho, I turned to my wife and I said, I think I'm gonna live in Idaho the rest of my life. I'm just telling you, when you find the promised land, you're not going back to the leeks and garlics of Egypt. I'm telling you right now. You know what I'm talking about? Like all of you moved from California, you found the paradise. We know, we know, we know. But we put down roots here. Like I, there would be an uprising in my family. My, my kids would be so unhappy if we said we we're moving. Just because we, we, we've just made this our home. We've, we, we decided we're going to abide in Idaho. You see, it's important that, that we're connected to the trunk. There's this whole thing of rootedness that, that matters. Um, Cassidy, when she was like in first grade, probably all of you parents have had this, your kids have done this, but, but she came home, it was like some science experiment or something, and they, were, they had a seed in some soil in one of those little plastic things, and they were gonna grow, grow something. And, and, and so... I noticed it had been there like two weeks and there was like nothing going on. And one morning I came down and I saw her picking up the seed and looking at it. And, she's like, and she told me, she says, I've been looking at it every single day and it's not growing. <laughs> so we had to talk about this whole thing, the importance of, of putting down roots. No, you see, it's this abiding in Christ that, that produces this fruit. But Jesus goes on to say in John 15, 8, he says, by this my Father's glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. He didn't say that the, that the Father's gonna be glorified because you finally settled the argument between Arminians and Calvinists. That, no. He didn't say that, that you're, you're gonna glorify the Father because like during congregational singing, everybody looked at you because your voice was amazing. No. He said, by this... My father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And so look at this, prove to be my disciples. Prove, there's, there's a litmus test, if you will. There's, there's proof that we belong to Christ. There's proof that we're grounded in Christ. And, and the reason the father is glorified is because this is not something that we, we don't produce this fruit because we tried harder. We, we, we just don't. No, this fruit is produced. He gets the glory because he's the one that's producing the fruit. He's the one that's transforming our character. He's the one because our character is transformed that, that, that is transforming our motivations, our actions, our reactions. He gets the glory when the fruit is produced. It's not our fruit, it's his fruit. He gets the glory. Now, on the other hand, I would say this. A massive red flag is this. If I'm not, if this fruit is not being produced, the question must be asked, am I abiding in Christ? You see, when Paul wrote to the Galatian church in Galatians 5, he told them, we, we looked at this in the first series, and by the way, if you're new to grace and you're like, oh, are you kidding me? I just got in on the, the end of this. You go to, YouTube, go to youtube.com slash Idaho Grace, you'll find the entire summer series there. And in the first message, we were, ta we were looking at this, and Paul was writing to this group of people that started well. In fact, he said, you started so well. He said, what's happened to you? 
Have you, have you forgot what this was all about? Because what had happened, they had believed the gospel. Paul came preaching the gospel, which like, if you don't know what the gospel is, that is at the heart of what it means to be a Christian. It's the truth that, that Christ did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He died because he was the perfect sacrifice. He took the wrath of God that, that, that we should have received for our sins. He stood in our place. And as a result, we can be saved. We can be forgiven. We can know what it means to have eternal life. And, and all of this hope is in, is, is in him. And, and he said, you believe this. You, you witnessed the Holy Spirit. You experienced the, this, this work. You were walking by the Spirit. What happened? Well, what happened was some other guys came teaching a different, they called it the gospel, but anything other than the true gospel is a false gospel. They preached a false gospel. So you got to do this, you got to do that. Uh, guys, go get circumcised. They're like, yeah, that's weird. And, and they're like, they're, they started preaching a bunch of do's and don'ts. And, and what happened is as they went down this, this road, you, you can look in, in verse 15 and verse 26 here in Galatians chapter five, they weren't showing off the fruit of the spirit. They, they start getting mean. They're, they're contentious, they're, they're fighting. And so Paul's calling them out, what is your problem? What's going on, guys? Why are you doing this? And, and so he addresses this when in, in Galatians 5, verse 16, he says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other. They're opponents to keep you from doing the things you wanna do. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. He, he gives us a list of the works of the flesh. They're evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will, will not inherit the kingdom of God. But then he, he makes sure that they understand. Here, here's what the fruit of the Spirit is. The fruit of the Spirit is, is, just say it with me, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And here, here's what he said. Against such things, there, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus, I like this, you've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us, not, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And, and, and I, I love Galatians uh, 5.16. Honestly, this is a monumental verse. And in fact, I would say this morning, if you're here, and I mean, there's a besetting sin, or there, I mean, there's a stronghold in your life. And you just, you've actually bought into this lie that, that, that you, you think that victory is impossible. I want you to look at Galatians 5, 16, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Here's the beautiful secret to victory. Walk by the spirit. Now walk by the spirit is not some like this, uh, like, ecstatic experience. And so, because I think a lot of people, when, when we talk about walking by the, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, that you're like, well, that, that means I'm going to have this emotion. Well, I'm not going to say that, man, the Christian experiences emotions, but emotions in and of themselves are not evident that, that we're walking by the Spirit. So if you're chasing your emotions at some point, like your emotions are going to take you places that the Spirit wouldn't take you. You know what I'm saying? And so there are a couple things I wanna make sure that we understand. First, first thing, write this down. I want you to understand this. Walking by the spirit is the same thing as abiding in Christ. It's not like this, this weird theoretical construct. No, it's very, man, it's, it, it's very clear. 
Jesus, Jesus points out, it, it's abiding in Christ. It's, it's literally us sinking our roots into the truth of the gospel. It's a walking life. It's us walking. I mean, walk is this general term by, by which the Christian life is described. And all through scripture, we see commands like walk by the spirit, walk in love, walk in faith, uh, walk, in, walk in truth, walk in light, walk separated from sin, walk in wisdom, walk in contentment. I mean, like I have, I have addresses in scripture to all that. Like you, this is a big analogy that is used time and time again to describe this whole idea, walking, walking by the spirit. But, but I wanna make sure that we tie, walking by the spirit is abiding in Christ. This is, Jesus is the one that teaches us in, 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 in John 15. So what Paul does, he, he, he clearly contrasts the two different, two different tri- types of fruit. There's the fruit of the flesh, and there's a fruit that comes by, by walking by the Spirit. And I cannot emphasize strongly enough, guys, listen, this is very important as we close out the series. We're summarizing, and then we're gonna have some application here. I wanna make sure that we understand spiritual fruit is only produced in those who have believed in the gospel. They've repented, they've trusted in Christ. They are walking according to, 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 to the word of God. They've been given the Holy Spirit. And the reason why I have to say that is, is churches are still filled with people that are believing that it's just checking off a list. It's all these rules. If I do this and I do that and I do this and I do that, then, that, then that's it. I just, I have a checklist. It's not a checklist. It's literally resting in Christ, putting your faith in the gospel. Is there action? Absolutely. But it's not our action that brings about this fruit. It's, it's us as really the action comes out of the fruit that is being produced in us. And so, so, so here's, here's, here's the thing. This is, this is really important. There's a different, difference between a desire to follow Christ and actually following Christ. So, so for instance, like I, <laughs> I have a desire to, to play golf. I am not, like I went and played golf a few years ago with a, in a guy here and he, he, and he said, you know, he said, you're not a golfer. <laughs> he said, when I, he said, the closest like analogy I can find for your golf, you play golf like Charles Barkley. And I'm like, I don't think that was meant to be a compliment. And, and here's the thing, like, like I, I enjoy hanging out, but, but if, I, if, I, if I wanted to really do this, I mean, I, I, I put the time, I'd, put, I'd make the investment uh, I'd probably buy some decent clubs instead of whatever I got for 15 bucks at a yard sale. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there, there is something that goes beyond just having a desire. But, but, but what, I, what I love is that a person who is in Christ is, is not a person who just has a desire to live a moral life and that they wanna be good. I'm just gonna try to be good. No, it goes beyond I live my life to be good to, man, I, I live my life for Christ. I, I really want to dwell in Christ because if you're in Christ, here's the reality. The old has passed away, the new has come. You're not who you used to be. Like, you're not made perfect. Trust me. Like, I'm looking around. We don't have a lot of perfect people. Actually, no perfect people sitting in this room. We're, we're not perfect, but, but the work's begun. No, we've been given the Holy Spirit. The, the, the Holy Spirit is, is dwelling in us. He's beginning to transform us. And, and what this means, and this is the second thing I want to make sure that we understand. If you are in Christ, if you are in Christ, if you are abiding Christ, but in Christ, walking by the Spirit, what this means, it doesn't matter if you, if you just started walking or, or whether you've been serving Christ for decades. If you are in Christ, the DNA for spiritual fruit is in you. This is good news because you're like, oh, man, do you know who I'm, do you see my issue? Do you, you, you see what I struggle with here? You see what I've been given to work with? No, what I love is it's, it's God. 
It's God and his grace as he draws you salvation. Jesus said, nobody comes to me unless the Father draws him. Like even the desire that we have to follow Christ, we don't even originate that. It's, it's God, God's grace at work, man. He, he's bringing us, which I love this, but it's God having an I see in you conversation. And I love this. I, I've always said those are the four most uh, powerful letters in the alphabet. I see in you. You know what I see in you? I see in you a person who's gonna be an overcomer. I see in you a person who's not gonna be held down by addictions. I see a person that I'm gonna use. I see a person that I'm gonna transform. Here's what I see in you. God goes about transforming us into who he has given us a vision to be. And then the two really big theological words, they're like 16 cylinder words that you'll run into from time to time in, in scripture. So the, but they're very important. There's justification and sanctification. Justification is, is just when God has that I see in you conversation, when literally he declares us to be something we're clearly not. Like, you, like if you are here and you are working really hard, in fact, the, the reason you're not following Christ is you wanna get your act together and clean yourself up before you follow Christ, would you please stop? It is like a kid playing in manure and trying to clean himself up by just trying to get everything. And you're just making a mess. No, we, we can't clean ourselves up. Justification is when God says, I see in you something that's, that's, that's greater than what you can ever imagine. And he declares us to be righteous when we are clearly not righteous. We are saved. We are transformed. He declares us to be something we're not. But sanctification is the other side of the coin. It's, it's the process by which he makes us what he's called us. And this is beautiful because even though, listen, no, nobody here has arrived what we can know is that he who began a good work in you and I is gonna finish the work that he started one day. It's gonna happen at the day of Christ. Justification, sanctification, he calls, us, he, he calls us something and what happens is because of this, we are given the Holy Spirit. He dwells in us. He begins to guide us into truth. He walks, he, he leads, he gives us clarity. We agree with the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We walk by the Spirit and what happens is we are transformed and sanctification feeds on justification. It's not that when he declares us righteous, we're like, huh, well, I guess I'm that. So here we go. I, we're good to go. No, no, because we know we're clearly not that. We aspire to be who he's already said we are. It's almost like every once in a while, Lori will say, and I know this is gonna shock you. <laughs> She'll say, Lori, no, she didn't say that. She says, Keith. <laughs> she says, Keith, you are the best husband. And when she says that, we both know that it's not true. No, seriously, we're getting ready to start a, a, a relationship series next week on marriage and family. I haven't done this for about three years. And trust me, I got way too much of my own mistakes to use as illustrations. Now, we both know that's not true, but what, what she's saying is she appreciates the, the man that I am. I, I'll, I'll say it to her, Lori, I love you. You are the perfect wife. We, we know that, that word, it's, it's not absolutely true, but, but, but what we know is that that's what we desire and we're, we're working. And, and, and can I just tell you, when she says that, it's not like, huh, I guess I'm the perfect husband. I guess I don't have to do anything. Like, you're on your own, mow the yard. Let me know how that goes. No, no, it incentivizes me. 
Dude, I, I, I want, I want to, to live this. No, this is, this is such a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. Justification, sanctification. He calls us something that we're not. But then what he does is, is man, he gives us the Holy Spirit and we're connected to the vine. We're abiding in Christ and he goes about giving us a life and the ability to be who we could not be any other way. Isn't that awesome? And so for us to, to try and really hard to do this or to stress over like, oh, what's my problem? Man, it's, it's, be, it's about as ridiculous. Like if we saw a person stapling rose petals on a dead uh, rose bush branch, we were like, there is something wrong with that person. Like, why are you trying to do that? It's just as ridiculous for us to, oh God, I'm gonna show you how much fruit I can produce. Let's do it. No, it's not gonna happen. Because here's the thing. God calls us something that's great. It's far bigger than we are. You know, when Trey, my, if you haven't met my son, he's, uh, I don't know, he's probably 6'3", six, 6'4", six, but um, I'm hoping he is not watching right now. Anyway, uh, when he was 11, he had a massive head and massive feet. Like, if you remember my son, and the rest of him looked like an 11-year-old kid, but his head, was like a bobblehead, and then he had skis for feet. But, but here's the deal, like, like when he would play basketball or run, he was always frustrated because he's like, my feet hurt, my knees hurt. Uh, he said, I'm slow. I feel like I'm, I'm slower than everybody else. And, 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 but you, you know what I would tell, tell him? I'm like, bro, dude, hang on. Just hang on. Those size, because he wears like size 16 shoes now or something like size 15. He had like size 12 or size 13 shoes when he was 11. And I'm like, you are going to grow into the rest of you. You're, those feet tell me you're gonna be a big, big guy. And guess what? He's, he's grown into it. He, does, he looks normal. He doesn't look like a bobblehead. I mean, that's great. You know what I'm saying? Like right now, do not text my son and say, your dad said you look like a bobblehead. Like, do not do that. Like, I wanna keep my relationship well with my son. But, but you, you get what I'm saying? He grew into what he was going to become. We all knew, we all knew he was gonna be a big guy. Can I just give you the same advice I gave my, gave my son? Would you just abide in Christ? Because you're gonna grow into what he's already called you to. It might feel weighty, it's like your head, the king, oh, there's no way I can hold all this stuff and, and you feel the awkwardness and all that sort of thing. Just hang on. The spirit is at work within you. He's transforming you. And what God has started, he's going to finish. I've said it a hundred times, I'm gonna say it again. If you're not dead, God's not done. Now, son, daughter of God, the DNA for spiritual growth abides in you. Just let it out. Because really, that's, that's, what, that's what I love about the fruit of the Spirit. Did you notice it's called fruit, not fruits? It's not the fruits of the Spirit, it's, it's the fruit of the Spirit. And, and, and the reason why it's not the fruits, it's not because the Holy Spirit is at work in us holistically. You know, because there are some people that just naturally, by virtue of their personality, they're just joyful people. It'd be easy to look at them like, well, they, they sure have the joy of the Lord. Well, they're just born optimists. How many optimists do we have in the, the crowd? Optimists. Okay, now everybody else that hates optimists, let me see your hand. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> No, there, there are people who are just, you're, they're optimists. And it's really, sometimes we confuse natural personalities with the fruit of the Spirit. Here's what I like about the fruit of the Spirit is that he's working in all these areas. Now, we're all in different seasons. 
We're all different places. But can I tell you that it's not, God's not saying, okay, today's just the day for, I'm only going to work on patience for the next three months. No, I promise you he's gonna work on patience. Probably when he's working on patience, he's also working on self-control. He's also gonna be working on gentleness. It's, it's weird, the Holy Spirit is just holistically transforming us. And a lot of times we're, we're systematic people where we wanna check off lists. Gentleness, okay, I'm gonna work really hard for the next uh, two months to, to become gentle. It's not that the Holy Spirit does. He's transforming us. And so I've, I've, this whole series, we haven't talked about application because really what we've said, we've just, we've looked at the what, not the how. We've looked at what the fruit of the Spirit is just so we can recognize it when it's being developed. But I do want to close with some application today. As, as we leave here, for those of you that are, man, we, we've said the why. In fact, I've, I've had so many of you, and I appreciate the emails on just sharing your testament on how God has been growing you, transforming you. And I, I just want to say this, like, if, I, I love getting those emails. There's some emails I don't like getting. Those emails, I love hearing testimonies of how God is transforming. So, oh man, please always share those stories. But, 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 what I want, but what I want to leave us with is this. I want this in practical application. This is five steps towards walking by the Spirit. The first thing I would say is this. Acknowledge your helplessness apart from the Spirit. Acknowledge the fact that outside of us abiding in Christ, we're nothing more than this branch right here. And there's no, there's absolutely no fruit. What that means is we can actually agree with what Paul wrote in, in Romans 7. And I know like when you're taught, Romans 7 is this massive debate over if Paul's talking about himself or some theoretical guy. I'm, here's what we can all agree with is what Paul writes in, in, in Romans 7, 18. For I know that nothing good dwells in me. Anybody agree with that? Like in my flesh, like just in and of myself, I'm not naturally wired. I, at some point, I'm gonna become selfish and motivated. It's so weird how even the good things, uh, you know, the, the things I do for others, if, if, it just becomes, it's all about me. I think we can agree with what Jesus said in John 15, five, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I would say the first step just by letting this fruit be developed is, is get away from this whole thing of showing God how good you're gonna be and how moral you're gonna be and how much fruit you're gonna produce because you're gonna try really hard. Just, man, give a death, man, with God's help, give a death blow to yourself. Do what, do what Paul says that, that, that we do here in, in, in verse 24, crucify the flesh with its passions and desires and, and, and start with pride. I am helpless outside of the enablement of the spirit outside of abiding in Christ. But the second thing from application is this, and, and like every, every good person, I mean, every person has gone to church, you know, at some point they're gonna say, pray, pray more. No, you, you, wanna, you wanna learn how to pray in the will of God? I'll tell you how to pray in the will of God. Pray the word of God. If you pray the word of God, you're praying the will of God. And, and I, I would pray that the, that the Holy Spirit would transform me. I love Luke eleven thirteen. 13. Jesus has, has been, he's been, he's addressing a whole big group of people. And as he's, he's addressing them, he says something, um, he, he acknowledges some of the guys. He said, he said, you dads, if, if your son came to you and, and asked for bread, you wouldn't give him a rock. Like that would not be a good dad. If, if, if he asked for fish, you wouldn't give him a scorpion or, or a snake. And he said, if, if you being evil, or his, his whole point is, is you, you're, you're not perfect, you're not God. In comparison to who God is, you're evil. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, I like how he says, how much more, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Like you can take that to the bank, pray, 
pray for the Holy Spirit to be where say, I, I want to agree with you. But the third thing I would say is this, believe that as you abide in Christ, that really genuinely the flesh is being put to the death. You know, we were up at Men's Advance. In fact, how many of you here this morning were at Men's Advance? Just raise your hand real quick. Okay, several of you were, were here and man, so many cool stories coming out of that. But in one of the breakout sessions, uh, I think we all, in, in the groups, I think we all uh, discussed Romans chapter six. And in Romans chapter six, there are three really, really important words. First of all, if, if the flesh is gonna be put to death and we're gonna live in the spirit, we have to know, we have to know what Christ did. We have to know who Christ is, we have to know what Christ did. But it's not, we, we just can't know that, that Christ died on the cross and know that he died for the sins of the world. We, there's another word in some, in some translations that says reckon, the word is reckon, some it's considered, some it's believe. But we have to, we have to reckon that or believe that he did it for me. But the third word that is really important in Romans 6, and you just write this down and check it out later, is that we present, Paul, the same guy that's writing Galatians, he wrote Romans. He said, we present our bodies not as slaves to sin, but we present our bodies as slaves to righteousness. His point is that, 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 that once we know what Christ has done, we believe that he did it for us, action will follow. And can I tell you, action, our faith does not come by our effort, but can I tell you that action will always follow faith. Literally, it's not faith without works is dead. There, there, is this, there is this thing which actually leads to the, the fourth point here. When, when it comes to walking by the Spirit, what we do is we're trusting that he's working, that he's doing this, and then what do we do? We just act the way we know is right. And again, you, you're not called, God hasn't called you to walk in somebody else's light. Sometimes we're trying to, we're trying to walk and, and fulfill what God's speaking to somebody else. And we're like, oh man, I, I, I wanna be like them, so I'm gonna follow them. Jesus didn't call, call you to follow after me. He called you to follow him. And, and what that means is, man, we're all different seasons. Some of you are in, in spring, summer, winter, fall. Some of you just started your journey. Some of you have been walking with Jesus for years. We have to just act and walk in the light that we have right now. Don't walk in somebody else's light. Walk in the light that God has given you. I like how uh, Paul put it in Philippians chapter two, verses 12 through 13. He said, therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, so now not only is in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And we always stop there. We always quote there, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You cannot divorce it from the next verse. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. What I love is God is working in and out of that, we, we work out. He works in, we work out. And, and th this, this goes together. There are times that literally we can spend a lot of time and, and we're like, oh, I just, man, what does it mean to walk by the Spirit? Simply do what the Spirit's calling you to do now. Just obey. Amen. Sometimes it's, it's more simple than not. And by the way, let me just say this. When the Holy Spirit is convicting us, when he's challenging us, he's revealing areas in, in, our, in our life that, that he wants to transform, don't, don't look at him like he's the bad guy or, or like, like he's just out to, to shame you or to harm you. No, the Holy Spirit's your friend. He's not like, well, on my way up to uh, men's advance, um, We'd, I come through the canyon on, on 55, we're going up, you know, going up towards McCall, and I got stuck behind a, a semi that was carrying like piece, uh, large uh, piece of heavy equipment. And I mean, he is just creeping along like 15 through the canyon. And I'm like, 
are you kidding me? I know, like exercise, self-control, patience. Now, but uh, so I'm, I'm behind him, and so I, you get there around Round Valley, and then it straightens out, and you've got the straightaway. And so I just pull out, and I go around him, and I and I just I hit the pelt metal because I wanted to get there in time for the the morning session on Saturday. And man, I was I was I sped past him, and and I saw this grove of trees off to the side, and the thought hit me, like. If I was, man, if I was a sheriff, that's where I would sit. I'd put a speed trap right there. Fly by, and literally two seconds later, sure enough, a sheriff had the same idea I did. He pulled out with his lights on. And here's the deal, man. I looked in my rearview mirror, and immediately I was convicted. <laughs> a spirit of conviction gripped my heart like never before. And I, 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 and here's the real reason why, because since we moved here to Idaho, like Lori used to always tell me I had the lead foot and all this sort of thing. Since we've been here, she's got three tickets and I've had zero, 18 years, zero. And here, I, this is a terrible thing to admit. In the moment, I was like, dude, now I can't hold this over her head anymore. That's exactly what went through my head. But I'm gonna tell you, my, my heart sank. You know how it is, your adrenaline sh shoots up. And so I'm like, I'm gonna make it easy on the guy. I pull over and, and I mean, he's way behind me. I pull over and he gets closer and I'm just already thinking. I turn up my gospel music really loud, hoping that I somehow <laughs> will do it. And he flies right on by me. <laughs> he's going to the fire, so I'm like, praise the Lord. But I'm gonna tell you, when I saw the lights go on, you know what I did not think? I did not think, oh, he is doing this for my own good. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, he's getting ready to kick my tail and I deserve, no, whatever, and it was all, oh, I deserve this and whatever. Can, can I tell you that a lot of times that when the Holy Spirit gives us light, that we're tempted because Satan will jump in and he wants to confuse the voice of conviction and make it a voice of condemnation. And we're, we're tempted to think that the Holy Spirit is out to hurt us, to shame us. No, can I tell you, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, will convict us of sin and righteousness, but he's gonna take us forward. Satan will always leave you back in condemnation. The Holy Spirit convicts. He is your friend. Act in the way you know is right. And, and then I would just say this, thank God for any fruit the Holy Spirit is producing right now. I, I love it when my friends help me do something I can't do for myself. And can I tell you, I've learned to appreciate even in the painful times because growth is not always fun. It's not always pretty. But even in the painful seasons when the Holy Spirit is faithful to me to transform me, to set me free from something, to ask something from me, what I love, what I love He's always been good. He's always been faithful. And looking back, I've never ever had a regret for saying yes, from say, when it comes to saying yes. And I think that a lot of times that, man, we, we spend too much time beating ourselves up for who we're not. I think it's very important that every day we pause and we acknowledge God's grace and the faithfulness of his spirit that is, has made us today who we weren't yesterday. Are we there yet? Nope. But can I tell you, he's at work. Thank God for the fruit that he's producing in you. And so as we close this, this series, close this service, I want us to, to, to walk away with this, this thing. I, it's really pretty simple, this, this application. You know, this, 
this, this whole idea of acknowledging our helplessness, of praying for the Spirit's help, walking in faith, knowing or doing what we, we know to be right. But what I know, what, what, what I love is that when we get to the end of this and we do see that fruit, we can truly say with all the saints throughout the ages, not I, but the Spirit of Christ within me, thanks be to God for hit, to him be the glory forever and ever and ever. Church, he's not done. Let's walk by the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, because as we abide in Christ, he will produce the fruit. And so God, as we close this service, I wanna thank you for the light that you've given us over the last several weeks as we've worked our way through the fruit of the Spirit. I wanna thank you for your faithfulness to my life, my heart, even through this series, how you have been faithful to convict me and show me areas in, in which you're, you're, you're changing me and transforming. And, and you, man, there are things you've asked from me. And I, I know that I'm not alone because I've heard the stories of so many here today. But God, I'm praying that as we leave here, that we would not, that we would not get out of here like the Galatians and, and somehow turn from the beautiful truth of the gospel that Jesus paid it all. Now, God, please would you keep us from thinking that we have some, somehow to earn your favor, that we have to earn blessings or anything like that. No, it's by grace that we're saved. It's by grace that we're sanctified. It's by grace that we see the fruit of the Spirit being produced in us. So would you transform us? And God, I wanna pray for those who might be here today that they've never taken the step. Maybe, maybe actually today is, is the day in which they've, realize for the first time that it's not just effort that, that buys, them, buys them favor with you, but it's by them just acknowledging, man, I'm, I'm a mess. God, I need what Christ did. And they put their faith in, in what Christ did on the cross. God, if that's, if that's a person here today, I, I pray that it just be as simple as, as them saying, God, I believe what Christ has done. And I'm trusting that he's gonna, he's gonna lead me and that they would understand that they would believe by faith that what you started, you're gonna finish, that you've given us the powerful spirit of Christ to do this work within us. So God, for what you have done, for what you're doing, and for what you have yet to do, we thank you for this, believing the best is yet to come. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Listen, if you've never taken that step of following Jesus, man, make sure you touch base with me. I'm gonna make my way out to the back. I'd love to talk about this, but hopefully I'll see each of you at the picnic tonight, 4.30, you're dismissed. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.